over the next few minutes, I'm going to show you why that puberty book you bought for your kid is just not good enough. And welcome back to Sitting in a Car. I'm Sarah Sproul and I sit in a car each week answering a question to help you raise your confident and caring young person who respects themselves and the people around them. And this week's episode is based on a question I get over and over and over and over again. Which books should I buy, Sarah, to um, give to my kids, whether that's about puberty or to explain how babies are made, sperms and eggs get together, all that stuff. And it's actually a really great question because books can be a super duper useful way of giving our children information or supporting conversations we might have at home to help them learn about this part of being human. There are some problems with them though when we use them and so you're going to find out all about those problems now so you can avoid them for your kids. I run a program for parents called the Evolve School and inside the Evolve School I get to hear all the stories of um, growing up and what things happened to parents nowadays when they were growing up that made it difficult for them to talk to their parents about their body or to ask questions or to just feel supported in this part of their being human, their sexuality part of being human. One of the most common stories is being given a book and said, there you go, you know, you learn all about how babies are made or all about puberty or whatever it is. And if you have any questions, come back and ask me. And most of the time, that experience is not a positive experience because there are subtexts, there are messages that our nervous system, our really smart brain, who is always looking for danger, will pick up and teach us that actually we shouldn't be talking about this stuff at all. So point one, a book about puberty does not encourage our child to talk about puberty or to ask questions about puberty. And here's what I mean. Imagine that in your family, you wanted to create a culture of we share stuff about our day with each other to help us feel connected and safe. And so when your child started school, you gave them a book about this is how um, kids can talk about what their day of school is like. Um, and so the story goes something like the child goes to school, they come back home, they tell their mum or their dad or their special person about their day, and then they go to bed happy, right? But you never ask them about their school. You just read this book to them or allow them to read this book to themselves. Where in that situation does the practice of sharing and discovering and getting curious about other people's days come in? It doesn't come in, right? Everything is purely on the page. And in the same way, like you, you would never actually teach your child that it's really useful to share and talk about um, their, their day by just giving them a book to read about it. So in the same way, puberty, things to do with sexuality, how important is that to be able to ask questions, share how we feel about it, ask someone else a question about what their feelings are about sexuality or something like that. It's super duper important. So a book is not going to give our child the everyday experience of what those conversations feel like. Books are bad when you try and get them to create habits in your child. Point number two, books about puberty do not help your child understand that you understand that life is complex and bad things happen and people get hurt and sometimes we just need support. Books don't do that. 
right? Books don't teach your child about yourself. Unless, perhaps, there's one way you could do it is sitting down and reading your child a book about bullying, for example, where you're reading the story and you say, you know, this happened to me when I was seven. And then you tell the story. So a book creates a situation where you get to tell something personal. One of the adults in our house has a story about breaking up with a girlfriend when they were 17 and what that was like and how difficult it was and how it dragged on over months and months and how they didn't want to break up with this person and it was awkward and this person wasn't treating them well and this story goes on right and part of it is funny and part of it is sad and that is part of the story of a story lexicon of our family so to speak and by telling that story a very personal story not a story out there not a story in a book it reminds our kids that sometimes breaks up are really hard not only that, though, that we have personal experience, one of us does, actually both of us do, personal experience of what breakups can be like, particularly when you're a teenager, and how complicated it can be sometimes. And therefore, we show our child that we get that. And it's okay if you're having a difficult breakup or something is going on. We understand that that's part of being human. And you can talk about that in our family. So a puberty book does not do that for your kid. Number three, no book is perfect. No book is perfect. And what do I mean by that? I mean that um, a book might not cover everything that our child needs to know. Say if we buy them a puberty book, but we also want them to learn a little bit about intercourse or sperms and eggs or in vitro fertilization or donor sperm or donor egg or whatever it is, there is no book that is going to be perfect. Now, that's okay, you might say, because you could say, um, well, that's all right, we'll just buy more than one book. And yes, that's a great idea. But the difficulty is, if there is something in the book that you don't really even agree with all that much, where is the opportunity to talk about that with our child? right? Now, we could be reading the book alongside our kid, and that is really helpful and good. So it's one of the ways to deal with books that are imperfect. And every book, every single book is imperfect, right? Show me one perfect book, and I bet you anything I could point out something that, well, actually, this bit here, I think you could explain that better, or your child would benefit from looking at it from this point of view. So while puberty books may not be perfect at teaching our child everything there is to know, they can be a really good opportunity to teach our child that no book is perfect. We're getting into the sort of wormhole of what is perfect, what is not perfect, but this idea that they can be critical about the things they read, even if what they're reading is bound up into a beautifully bound, specially designed book with a rainbow in it, on it or whatever that is. And we can say, look, there are going to be things in this book that you will disagree with right? Revolutionary idea. And so um, I would love to hear what those are, or I would love to, or maybe I can tell you what my things are that I disagree with in this book, and you might agree with me or might disagree with me, right? So here's this idea that when we give our child a book, it's the beginning. So a book is bad at being the beginning, the middle and end, but a book can be really good to start something, but it's not the middle and it's definitely not the end. So let's recap those three points. Point one was that puberty books don't teach our child the skills of talking about those particular subjects. Point number two was that, let me consult my list, um, 
puberty books don't show your child that you have personal experience of the complexity of being human and growing up and maybe being in relationships. And so maybe they'll be less likely to come to you with their problems. And point three is that by giving our child a puberty book, they don't learn that every single book is an opportunity to find things that they don't agree with and that we don't agree with and that we maybe all don't agree with. And that's sitting in a car for another week where I've answered a question to help you raise your confident and caring young person who respects themselves and the people around them. Bye for now.